0: Launched this thing in Iceland, now is a team of five people really focused on helping your current team members, right? Recruit and bring on new folks, right? Really, really make the onboarding a process frictionless. Also set up incentive and reward structures for referrals and things of that nature. Uh, Bootstrapped, which I love, again, has new customers coming on, paying anywhere between a hundred bucks a month, all the way up to 3000 bucks a month, usually on annual uh, contracts. 1% customer logo churn, that's a net monthly number, willing to spend up to 12 months of CAC, uh, in order to get uh, the customer. So 12 month payback period, assuming a minimum lifetime value of about 36 months founded in 2016. This is the top entrepreneurs podcast where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello everyone, my guest today is Christian Christensen. He's the CEO and co-founder of a company called 50skills.com, which is transforming the way businesses find and hire people. Christian, are you ready to take us to the top? Sure am. All right, tell us more about the company. What do you guys do and how do you make money?
1: Yeah. So in a nutshell, uh, 50 skills is a recruiting software. Uh, what we do, which is a little bit, uh, different from other recruiting softwares out there is that we connect directly with messaging platforms. So companies using Facebook workplace, using Slack, uh, it integrates directly with those, um, and kind of changes the way people think about recruiting, um, in, in a word that we call conversational recruiting, which is a new trend that's happening in the market. And
0: is it a SaaS model or is it, you know, 10% or first year salary kind of, kind of set up?
1: It's a SaaS model. So companies are paying typically 12 months in advance uh, for subscription of the service. Uh, And then there's an optional integration fee. So a lot of the companies use the software also to onboard new candidates. Uh, So it can can be for different types of software they have. It can be checklists of things that they want to occur. Um, So there can be custom integrations on top of the SaaS, like subscription part, but that's completely optional for the companies and something that more of the larger enterprises are going for. And
0: why would somebody pay a little versus a lot more? In other words, are they buying like a bulk number of placements per year or what drives the pricing economics?
1: No. So we uh, we have a tier-based pricing model and it's based on the number of employees that the company has. So it's not based on the number of users they have. And, And in fact, we actually want to encourage the company to add as many users as they can uh, and not like not be diminished or, or having to pay a higher price if they add more users to the platform.
0: Got it. Okay, good. So it's okay. How does that work though? For, I mean, I imagine you have more costs if you obviously place more jobs. How do you keep pricing? I mean, what what allows you to drive pricing up higher? Yeah.
1: So you dropped a little bit out there when that uh, during that question. Yeah, I'm just I'm saying, saying sure.
0: if you don't if you don't drive expansion revenue based off number of new placements, what does drive expansion revenue? That seems to be like the core utility
1: value of your product. So the, the number of employees that the company has, uh, employed is what drives up the, the price of the, of the, of the software. And the reason why it's also, you think about why is the price higher, et cetera. There's a number of things. Like one of them is that the software helps the companies uh, hire through referrals. So basically whenever you build a job, you can uh, add awards to it. Um, you can incentivize all of the employees within the company to reach out, uh, into their social networks. So basically, the more um, people you have working for you, the more people you have optional to source candidates. So that's one of the arguments. The other is that we, uh, we have really a great support team. We have put a lot of effort into the support, making sure that the customer is really happy. Um, and so the effort is a little bit higher on our end if the, if the company is, is, is larger.
0: Got it. Okay, makes sense. But, but someone could have a thousand person team They use your tool and it doesn't lead to any new recruits for whatever reason. You're still going to price based off team size, not number of new recruits.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we do. Based on the size of the company. And we do have clients that have thousands of employees uh, that are using the system. They have different departments and they do use it in a different way. Uh, but overall, it's a great offering in comparison to whatever else is out there.
0: And are you selling one time to like the, you know, HR lead or are you selling to these individual departments kind of an land and expand approach?
1: Uh, it really depends on the size of the company, how we do it. We have clients ranging from smaller startups into larger enterprises, and the sales process and how you do that really depends on how they're structured, who's making that buying decision, and what happens there. Okay. You also have companies right. that have a really different types of turnovers. So like in the hospitality, tourism types of companies, they typically have a higher turnover or seasonal turnover. Um, and, and the hiring process is different there from companies that maybe have, you know, People stay there for 10 years and don't don't move uh, the job afterwards.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and I don't want to go
0: down every customer cohort. I'm sure you have many and you break them up. But on average, what would you say one of these customers is paying you per month?
1: Yeah, so typically our price again the pricing is based on number of employees, so it's it, clients are typically paying somewhere between uh 100 to $3,000 a month for the services.
0: Got it. Okay, good. I mean that's that's a pretty big range. Of, are you more enterprise at 3,000 a month or more more SMB at 100 a month?
1: Yeah, the 100 is more like the the smaller startups that are using it for their hires, but most of the clients are closer to the maybe 500 uh to 5,000 employee range, so that's our target market. But we've gotten a lot of interest from smaller startups that just raised funding uh, growing fast, they love to use Slack, love to use workplace, and they sure. really want to like, integrate perfectly with that. So we've gotten a lot of like inbound leads for that kind of stuff, although our focus has been more on the 500, 5k market.
0: I'm, I'm just trying to get at, so, so a more accurate average might be closer to 3000 than 100 bucks a month. Yes. That's your focus going forward, it's more enterprise, the SMB stuff is just coming on no touch and you're, you're handling that as it comes on.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, very good. Give me more of the backstory here, when did you launch the company?
1: So, company is about two years old. Uh, with our kind of reaching out of beta in October last year, and since then we've been growing pretty fast.
0: Okay, and what's pretty fast?
1: Uh, I mean, we, going, we
0: uh, I was gonna say just, going going just to be clear, going from a dollar to two dollars is a hundred percent growth. Many would call that very fast. who are doing currently a hundred million in revenue, so it doesn't mean much when you say growing fast.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, on the I, in, 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 instead of disclosing the the customer amounts that we have, we're at about thirty percent growth rate per month right now.
0: Okay. Uh, again, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, I, I always wonder why founders, especially ones that are young say that, cause it doesn't mean much. Again, if you're going from a dollar to $2, it means much more when, you know, these CEOs come on doing a hundred million in revenue and say, Hey, we've figured out a way to stabilize around 30 to 40% year over year growth. So, um, we'll move on past that. Uh, I just, I want to call that out because I have to obviously be fair that way. Walk me through your first few customers that you got. How did you get them? Did you come from an agency and you brought them on? Where'd you get them?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, the first customer that we got on board was just through our networks. We just used referrals. We looked at companies that we knew that were growing, you know, kind of, you know, in some cases just begging them to try the software just to, you know, help us build it out. And once that started out, we got some great feedback. We were able to iterate. Um, Once that happens, we had some word of mouth happening, and then we tried a few different strategies. So currently there's like three things that we do to find, find clients in the B2B space. One of them is just uh, with outbound leads, that we look at sources of what's a good trigger mechanism for us to reach out to companies. And there are a few in the hiring space that we've, we've tried out that, that's worked you know, in, a, in, a, in a decent manner. The, the other two is uh, we used uh, resellers a lot. So we've actually uh, gone out, found resellers that have a great network, and they, we've used them to, to find candidates that are a good source, like, like, like to find um, leads that, that kind of fit the criteria. And they have their own kind of networks and areas that they operate. Why in. do they
0: take time to help you though? You must incentivize them somehow.
1: Yeah. They're incentivized to help us either as uh so it's a little bit different. It's a incentive model as a percentage of the revenues that we make. So Got it. A ref-
0: like, like a t- traditional kind of value at reseller model. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Very good. And do you, by the way, do you limit that or is it in perpetuity? In other words, if someone's, if they bring you someone that pays you every month, do you pay them in perpetuity or just for the first year or just for the first month or what?
1: We have a structure on all the revenues that they bring in from the clients. Uh, it typically works on a 12 month basis, like all okay. the revenue they bring in on that period. Cool. But there's different types of structures that we have depending on what kind of like uh, reseller partner we're working with.
0: Yeah, no, I asked that question. A lot of these SaaS CEOs will do on a, on a you know, uh, a kickback like that in perpetuity, which essentially locks your margins into much lower margins than what you'd see versus if you just do it for 12 months, at least you have some margin gains after the first 12 months pass, right? Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay. Good. And then um, walk me through team size today. How many of you guys are there, and where are you based?
1: Yeah. So our our team is is relatively lean right now. We're five people full time, but then we have a few entities that are working with us and uh, some of the integrations as backup. And these are just kind of really high scalable ones. But like five people working full time just on the product core part of it. Okay. Um, and we have the the resellers worldwide, uh, which are now a few dozen.
0: All of us in the software world also have subscriptions to a thousand different software platforms, and it can be challenging to figure out which ones you should invest your time and energy in versus ones ones you should ignore. So, I mean, I had this problem. We're scheduling hundreds, actually thousands of B2B SaaS CEOs for this podcast, and I needed a good tool to manage all this scheduling. So I went to Capterra and essentially looked at who ranked highest, who had the best reviews, and narrowed it down to essentially a book of fee, a pointlet, and acuity scheduling. I now use a combination of these three tools Tools to do efficient appointment scheduling. Now, what Capterra has built is extremely impressive. I don't know if you guys know this. 700,000 reviews of products from real software users help you discover everything and really make an informed decision. They cover over 700 specific categories of software from project management, which we have a lot of these CEOs on the show, to email marketing to yoga studio management software. They really do cover a ton. So If you want to get started on Capterra today to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business, and quite frankly, save time and energy on all your software expenses, we all spend a lot on it, visit nathanlacka.com forward slash Capterra. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A to get started today, totally free. Where is your team
1: based? We have offices in Iceland and in Boston.
0: Okay, good. So Iceland and Boston, good. And are you from Iceland? I am, yes. Okay, good. Is there any strategic value to having people over there, like lower cost of capital or some specialized skill?
1: I think the, one of the main values of having and growing the company's Iceland is that the, com- the country is generally uh, heterogeneous. So when you have new things and you're testing them out, it's really easy to do experiments and get a, a good feeling if what you're doing is working or not. Um, and one of the previous companies that I was with, well, was with was called uh, Maniga. It's still it's, uh, one of Europe's fintech uh, white-label leaders. Um, and they did the exact thing there. So when we grew that company out, we had a great experience from what we've done in Iceland and we were able to replicate some of those things in different places in
0: Europe. I see. Very good. Okay. So five folks, Iceland, Boston, and have you bootstrapped this thing or raised capital?
1: Uh, it's bootstrapped and, and, and self-funded by the, by the team. Uh, we've had some investors that have shown interest in coming on board. We've gotten like some, some small injunction from angels that we were uh, interested about taking on, but we decided not to do it and we're still bootstrapped and uh, we don't re- require the funding for our growth parts.
0: That's great. I love that. I love it. So cash flow positive today, then you have to yeah. be, yeah, yeah. Unless unless you're putting more money in yourself every month.
1: Yeah, no, it's completely casual positive.
0: That's great. And what have you scaled to two years and how many customers are you serving?
1: Uh, we don't disclose the number of clients that we have.
0: Is that cause it's really low?
1: Uh, no, we just don't disclose it. It's just a policy that we have. Uh, we discussed it a number of times, like what, what are the kind of stuff that we want to put out there? Uh, and currently, uh, we decided as a team that we don't put those numbers out officially.
0: Yeah, everyone discusses this, so it's a valuable lesson. So instead of revealing the number, walk me through the thought process. You obviously said it's strategic to put it out for this reason, and someone else said it's not strategic for this reason, and then not strategic's one. So walk me through the thought process.
1: Yeah, there's a number of things. I think you know, as a company, you're always thinking about what is the type of value that when you're bringing to, to when you're kind of talking about your company and marketing and et cetera. And I think our focus has wanted to be to talk about the service that we provide, the problems that we're solving, those sorts of things, rather than putting the focus exactly on the types of number of clients that we have, revenues, to pay. so people can pay to basically put it in a spreadsheet and try to figure out where we are, how big we are, and use that numbers uh, against us for whatever reason. So that's one of the, like, the arguments kind of a bit back and forth on these things. Obviously it's great if you can come out and you can say we have 10,000 clients. Uh, why, would that be,
0: why would that be great? Sorry? Why would that be great?
1: To, uh, to mention the number of clients that you have
0: yeah why would it be great to come out and say we have 10, 000, here you know we have 10,000 customers blah blah blah
1: I think for a lot of people um, in the buying process they're often looking for validation that the, the, what they're looking at is something that other people have bought before it might be in the same verticals that they're in uh, yeah this is prop- human
0: nature by the way right groupthink.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that I think that's probably a big thing. So if you see a sign somewhere saying with well, a number one thing, whatever, people tend to be excited about
0: it. Well, that's a little more vague than actually naming it, like saying how many customers, right? So you don't have that validation, right? Does that concern you?
1: Uh, we're official about being live in more than six countries right now. Yeah, but so that doesn't matter
0: if no one's using it, right? There's no one that's gonna. If someone's gonna pay you a thirty or fifty or sixty thousand dollar annual fee, they're gonna, gonna want to know that other people are already doing it. How do you overcome, that? how do you overcome, if you choose not to disclose customer numbers, how do you overcome that objection?
1: I think it's uh, one of the part when people ask about the specific numbers, we're open about talking about specific clients, showing what we're doing with different types of clients, offering customer testimonials, that kind of stuff, offering even calls with clients if they want to do that. So it's not necessarily about disclosing the number. And in a private talk with companies that we're talking with, it's a little bit different, but when you're doing it like officially in some like marketing you know, thing on, online. So I think there's two, two different sides of when you're doing it, if you want to disclose it or not.
0: Got it. Makes good sense. Okay. So you're currently obviously five people, you know, selling these things between anywhere between a hundred bucks up to 3000 bucks per month. Um, walk me through acquiring customers. You mentioned some, you know, you've added rechannel, uh, uh, reseller channels, the kickbacks there. Do you do, do any direct paid stuff? And if so, how do you, uh, how do you interpret things like CAC and payback period?
1: Yeah. I mean, for us, we kind of have the typical, um, kind of CAC lifetime value formulas that we have. We want our the cost that it costs to take a fine on to be at least times three in the lifetime value that we get back. We prefer that to happen over a 12 month period. But of course, if it can happen over three years, kind of like the benchmark. Uh, we only launched like out of beta. In wait, October. wait, hold on.
0: So if your payback period is three years, you have serious cash gap issues that you you, you wouldn't survive doing that.
1: No, the lifetimes of the customer acquisition cost that we're looking at, we're looking at that we want to get at least a time three out of the whole whole, whole lifetime period. Oh, I see. Have. So th- thirty six
0: month LTV is what you assume.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, that's the benchmark. But again, we launched the product, the official one, in October last year. We're growing pretty fast right now, so it's difficult to say some of the things. Our churn is really low. We have less than a one percent churn in total. Um, it,
0: well, what? Hold on. That, that can be a lot. Of, that can mean a lot of things. Is that gross logo churn or net logo churn or revenue churn?
1: Uh, customer, customer, uh, customers stop using the service churn. The number yeah. of clients churning is like so one. So it's logo, it's
0: right. logo churn. Yeah. And is that monthly or annually?
1: Uh, that's monthly.
0: Monthly. Okay, good. And is that gross or gross or net? Uh,
1: not so what's this? Yeah. So it's like the number of clients that have quit in total monthly right now is less than 1%. Yeah, so but
0: a- I want I want to understand though, is if that's gross or not. So in a given month, if you add 100 customers and lose 50. You'd be net positive 50. But if you did it on a gross basis, you would just look at the 50 lost relative to your entire entire base. So the question is, are you adding back in that given month the new signups or is that just a gross number?
1: Uh, no, it's the net part.
0: It is the net. OK, good. So gross is probably higher, obviously higher than one percent. Yeah. OK, um, uh, got it. And when people do leave, why do they choose to leave?
1: Um, there's been actually some interesting reasons. Um, like not that's bad for the company. Like one of the reasons has been that a company was, had a merger, like it was, it was acquired and they just, you know, it, the company that acquired them had a different tool set. So there's, um, so there wasn't a need for them to use it anymore. There's still dialogues if the new company that they're acquired with should take it on, but we count that as churn. Uh, another reason is like, it's a startup. They finished all their hires. They didn't see any growth coming up, so they didn't feel that they would need it for a longer period. So th- that's the kind of reasons that's been there. Um, but, uh, we haven't really had any, like, we're unhappy with the service. We want to quit. Um, you know, there's n- nothing that's indicated that we needed to do better on those parts that, uh, that's, that's come along so far, at least not in the quantity that we've taken it seriously. Yep.
0: Very good, Christian. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Um, my favorite business book probably right now is the tool of Titans. I just like the whole, whole overview of, of, of things that they put in there and a lot of kind of great book sources that they have to to, send out them.
0: number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now?
1: A ton of them. Uh, I'm Just a big name fan. One, yeah. Yeah. I think David Council from drift is, is a big one right now.
0: Yeah. Up there in Boston as well. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business besides drift?
1: Uh, <laughs> great question. Um, I'd say intercom, Facebook messenger. There's a lot of cool stuff happening with those right now as well.
0: Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, seven. Seven, okay, and what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? Uh, married and got a
1: six-year-old as well, living oh. here
0: with me in Boston. Oh, good, good, and how old are you? Uh, 33. 33, last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew?
1: Uh, that's a great question. Uh, start building a startup as early as you can and learn from the mistakes and do it again.
0: <laughs> Guys, there you have it. Start a company faster from Christian. Again, launched this thing in Iceland. Now is a team of five people really focused on helping your current team members, right? Recruit and bring on new folks, right? Really, really make the onboarding a process frictionless. Also set up incentive and reward structures for referrals and things of that nature. Uh, Bootstrapped, which I love, again, has new customers coming on, paying anywhere between 100 bucks a month, all the way up to 3000 bucks a month, usually on annual uh, contracts. 1% customer logo churn. That's a net money monthly number, willing to spend up to 12 months of CAC uh, in order to get uh, the customer. So 12 month payback period, assuming a minimum lifetime value of about 36 months founded in 2016. Christian, thank you for taking us to the top.
1: Thank you for the good time. Have a good one.